Welcome to Altered Potters, where we hang out with fellow artists and talk while getting a little altered. I am one of the hosts, Ryan Myers, a full-time studio artist and instructor. And I'm the other host, Rochelle Miller, a ceramic artist and instructor, and this is Altered Potters. Welcome back to Altered Potters, you guys. It's been a minute. Are we officially season two? This is gonna be our season two. We've got a guest, Scott Draves is here. Yeah, he's the first person to talk to in season two, so you're really important, Scott. Yeah, thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> 2024. And Scott's pots can be seen at doorpottery.com and yep. also dot net. Yep. D-O-O-R pottery dot net. Yes. Those are the two. So the doorpottery.com are basically a, a list of arts and crafts style production pottery. And then the .net site is all of the pots that I have on hand that you can purchase right away, get oh, in your nice. homes. And it's shipped down yep. fairly quickly turnaround. Yep. Nice. Uh, let's go around and talk about what we're drinking and <clears throat> what we're drinking out of. I'm drinking, it's called Bone Snapper X-Ray Rye Whiskey. It's a four-year-old whiskey. I got it for Christmas, and I was going to save it and not drink a whole lot of it, but the bottle's half gone. <laughs> so it's good. Yeah. That wasn't that long ago. <laughs> so it's half gone. It's been four days. <laughs> uh, but it was a small bottle, yeah. right? No. It's a wee one. I'm trying to help you out here. Okay. <laughs> but I'm drinking out of a Chris Gustin. Um, it's not a whiskey cup size. It's not a you know me size, but Chris Gustin's smaller whiskey cups. I drank out of one in a different podcast. This is one I got about a year ago. It's wood-fired. It's got rutile stuff going on. Scott can probably break it down. He could lick the outside of the glaze and tell me what it's made out of. <laughs> yes. If it's vitrified enough. Yeah, I think he fires to temperatures you like, that are 11, 12, yeah. you know, they're hot, 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 hot and flowy. Perfect temperature. <laughs> I brought a piece I made back 2017 or so at my third pottery. It's a little chalice, a tiny little chalice and I made this thing for port wine. Mm. But I stopped drinking port wine because I found out that the red and the alcohol combined gives you a headache called a red wine headache. So I stopped drinking port wine and I went to mead instead. So what I'm drinking here is a bee's knees that uh, Shelly made for me. That's quite tasty. But what this tiny little chalice has is a uh, cone six glaze that we call nutmeg. And it's a very pretty brown glaze with speckly white in it. And where it gets thick, if there's any um, divots or anything in there, it'll go white, iron wash over the top of it. And the bottom of it is a real tiny thin dip of the uh, nutmeg again. Oh yeah. And it just turned out very sweet, very nice little, and I, I, I wanted to sell it and I keep, keep pulling it off the rack <laughs> and using it, so. So it's yours. It's mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute. It's a sweet little piece. Yeah. Like, I'll do that, but sometimes those things that I use for a few years go back on the Oh, do they go shelf. back on the shelf? Yeah. Mine yeah. never do. Once they're incorporated, they stay. I just tell whoever's interested, I'm like, that one's a good one. I used it for a few years. <laughs> do you refire <laughs> it to make sure it burns out any of the coffee stains and stuff? None of my stuff has coffee stains. No, stain. not coffee stains, but you know what I mean? It's, it, it freshens it up. No. I wash it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a Peter Pincus. I have got a Pincus. 
You have a blue pinkus. It's a blue pinkus <clears throat> that was at the Abel Cup show, and I got, when I dropped my pieces off, I got a preview of all the other pieces that were brought, and so I purchased a few before they even went out. So it's a blue pinkus. It's got a, a stem, like a wine glass. It's not so different than Scott's, other than it's got quite a flare to the base. Is that all slipcast then? Because he has been throwing I, lately, too. I am very confident this is all slipcast. Yeah, cast. I can't see any throwing lines. Yeah, it's the first time I've used it. And I also have a bee's knees. And I will post the recipe. The gin that's in the bee's knees is local gin. Local meaning Wisconsin gin. And it's Death Store. Death Store. We have a theme tonight of door pottery and Death Store gin. So we'll see how many times we can weave the word door into this podcast. All right, and when you hear it, you can drink your coffee or drink your coffee. And does Scott know that you have to ask somebody before you touch their pinkus? <gasps> Probably not. Okay, you don't want to get yeah. into trouble. <laughs> Scott, I'll do a little bit of back from when I first met you. As Scott remembered, and I don't want to say the year because it makes me sound old, because I'm not. And neither are you, Scott, so I'm just going to start it with that. When I graduated from undergrad, I worked at Rockdale Union Stoneware as an apprentice for a time. And Scott was in the decorating room. And so that is where I first met Scott, but we've had multiple times that our circles have overlapped since then. So decorating how? It was a salt glaze pottery. Uh, Rockdale Union Stoneware was competing with roll pottery at the time. I needed some more money to get my first pottery started. And Peter Jackson, who owned Rockdale at the time, was very glad to have me come in and decorate. They just had a contract with uh, Red Wing Pottery. Mm-hmm. to reproduce in a smaller version of some of their crocs and it had a butterfly pattern on it. You can look it up online what the red wing butterfly looks like in salt glaze. How many did we have to make? Because I was throwing um, at that point. Yeah, yeah. Do and you remember? A thousand. Many? We needed to make a thousand of them. I feel like there was more than a thousand, but that makes sense. It might be. At the time, I put 600 butterflies <laughs> on pots I think I worked there a total of six months. Was um, that all you worked? Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. And then, oh my and gosh. Then, yeah. And then Kevin and I at that point said, "You have enough money here to start Ephraim Pottery at the mm-hmm. time." And we started Ephraim Pottery in a little dance studio in Deerfield, and uh, had mirrors all around us. It was uh, interesting. Point. So, did you know you were wanting to do the arts and crafts? Had that always been a a real passion for you aesthetically? Or? Yeah, at, at the time I was, I, it's what I collected. I collected antique arts and crafts pottery and um, I had a friend that would go out there and compete with me at these auctions for these things. Well, one day we went down to Illinois, just over the border and there's a big, big, big auction going on with a lot of arts and crafts pottery, really good stuff too. And we just bought everything. And then we said, we'll worry about splitting it up later. So we, we sat at his Gustav Stickley table and his Gustav Stickley chairs, and we filled that 60-inch table full of antique pottery. And we started going through it and separating it. He looked at me and he says, why aren't you making this? I looked at him and I said, I, I don't know. <laughs> so you were throwing pots before you were collecting? or Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. I think I can do this. And he goes, okay, well, uh, so I went to Kevin, Kevin Hicks, who was my partner at the time at uh, 
And he was at Roe, wasn't he? He was at working at Roe at the time. And I walked up to Kevin and I said, Kevin, throw an arts and crafts piece, something that looks like this. Because um, I wasn't working there at the time. And uh, he threw a piece and I said, well, I've, I've got a glaze for this that I've been working on in the garage. It's got lead in it yet. It's, it's mm. an old glaze that I reproduced that looks like such and such groovy pottery at the time. He threw the piece. I took it into my garage, I bisked it, and then I mixed up this glaze. So I fired it, pulled it out of the kiln, put it in my driveway to cool down. Sure as heck, I had somebody drive by, squeal as he, as he stopped the car and walked up and knocked on the door and said, why do you have a piece of groovy pottery sitting in your driveway? Can I buy it, Can I buy it from you? And I said, uh, no, I just, it just came out of the kiln. It's, it's probably about 200 degrees yet. And he goes, what, you made that? Yeah, yeah, we made that. He said, that, it, it's perfect. It looks just like the old stuff. So at that point, I said, Kevin, you ought to probably quit, and we should start a business. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we did. That's funny. I had a similar thing with a jug that I put out and tied helium balloons for my daughter's birthday. <laughs> and this guy stopped and he's like, you don't know what you have there. Will you sell that jug? I'll give you, I'll give you 50 bucks. I said, no. It's like, 100 bucks. I'm like, no. He's like, you don't know what you have there. I'm like, I do know what I have there. <laughs> he's like, that's old. I'm like, no. It came out of kiln three months ago. And it was a buddy of mine that made it. And it had a small crack in it. And he just gave it to me. And it's a nice piece. But it was so funny that you tell him that story. Yep. Like, it doesn't sound like it's believable. But like, it, stuff it, like that it happens. happens. Like, it's mm -hmm. weird. Yep. Yeah. Seven, eight million dollars later mm -hmm. in yeah, pottery sales. Yeah, it really happened. Mm -hmm. So, When it was you and Kevin, at what point did you start bringing, grow fast enough where you could start to bring in more throwers and employees? employees? Yeah. What really got us going, we made four pieces identical to Groovy. So they were just copies of what Groovy did in 1901. Mm -hmm. We literally opened up books to see how you know, the decorators were decorating and, and what mm -hmm. they were decorating and how they did it to make these pieces. So we really did our research on it. We took those four pieces with my glaze on it. By this time, we'd gotten rid of the lead out of there mm -hmm. and we replaced it with a kind of a lead substitute. That, Is that bismuth? Or? To get rid of the, the lead, we used bismuth. We were getting rid of the lead bisilicate. So it was a, just a calculation of how much silica to bismuth, and bismuth is heavier than lead, to get the exact formula for that. And it, it worked the first time right oh, away. And it's like, well, and even better. It looked better mm. than, than the lead did. And then what were you firing those to? O3. Okay. Just exactly what, what Groovy was firing uh -huh. their stuff to. Uh -huh. So we went down to, to the National Arts and Crafts Conference with those four pieces and a trunk full of other stuff that we made in my, my, wife, my wife's old Ford probe. 1990 Ford probe. We drove, we drove that all the way down and we weren't invited to go and that's kind of a no-no, but we, we took those <laughs> four the pieces rules. in the, it, it's called the Great Hall and we laid them all on a table, four of them. Mm -hmm. And we were surrounded in a heartbeat by people going, why do you, again, why do you have that groovy out on a table like that? You, you've got $100,000 of groovy sitting on the table. Why mm -hmm. is it there? And we looked at them and we said, it's not groovy, we made that. Mm -hmm. And people went, you're going to be rich. So were you the first people to start to reproduce that? Yes. 
there were other copies of it that were just terrible. Mm. They couldn't get the glaze right. Mm -hmm. the, gla the, the glaze is the key. You can make an ugly piece and put a beautiful glaze on it and makes the piece. With my glaze, I cover so many mistakes up that I make on my pots that you would never know there were mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I teach that also. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they said, well, can we buy them? And we said, absolutely. And you know, $300, $400 for the pieces and you're going, we could probably make a living doing this. Mm -hmm. And they said, you got any more? And we said, come out to the car. A girl park in is on the top of a mountain, by the way. So we parked way down and what, people- what, Where was that at? Grove Park Inn in Asheville, North oh. Carolina. I hope Bruce Johnson doesn't hear this. <laughs> but we parked on the side of a hill in 97 and we opened the trunk, the hatch of that Ford Probe, and we just started selling pots out of the back of the car. That's ideal. It was, and we went back with absolutely zero pieces of pottery that hmm. we went there with. Why not, Bruce? The National Arts and Crafts Conference is a very high-end, hoity-toity thing mm -hmm. you need to be invited to. And Bruce was a part of it? Bruce Johnson was the owner of, he's not the oh, Bruce Johnson oh. potter oh, gotcha. in Lake Mills. Bruce Johnson is the owner of this mm. oh, of national conference. Oh, of the whole thing. Oh, okay. If he ever found out how we actually did this. So the next year we called up. And we said, we would like to do the show. And it mm -hmm. just happened they had a spot open. It never happens, mm -hmm. but it happened for us. And we got in there and we, we just made a killing. So you've been a part of it every year since then? Every year since then. And when Kevin and I separated from Ephraim Pottery and I started Door Pottery, I just kept it up. Mm -hmm. Stayed up there with them and um, got back into does, show. And does Kevin still do it or no? No, I don't know too much about Ephraim anymore. I try mm -hmm. not to butt into his business at all. Yeah. Um, but I think they've stopped doing any shows right now. They have their one store in California, one in Lake Mills. And I think they're doing well enough mm -hmm. at yeah. this point. But Door Pottery kind of took off from there once Kevin and I split that business up. We got big right away. I bought Lakeside Pottery from Steve. We had a, a school there. We taught 40 students. At our school there, we had a big gas, two big gas kilns. And I was designing glazes again at that point too. And then at that point, I needed more people to throw. Because so I had instructors and people that could run the gas kiln. But I had nobody to throw the arts and crafts with me. So Nikki, Nikki Ross. Who is, I believe she was in episode four. You Tyler? ask me questions like I know the answer. <laughs> she there. was on the, the 4th, 4th of, of July, July episode. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> Well, Nikki Ross was one of the decorators that decorated with me. By decorating, I mean sculpt the outside mm -hmm. of pots. And then we brought in John Tiller from Roll Pottery, mm -hmm. who needed to relearn not to throw heavy pieces of pottery and throw nice art pieces. And he picked that right up. Hmm. Um, he's working at Roll again, and several other people. At one time, we had up to eight people working for us. And we, we were putting up to 3,500 pieces a year out the door. Hmm doing really, really well. Mm -hmm. It just got to the point where we wanted to move the first time out of the big building because Holmes Tire was asking for more money and they really wanted to be out of the tire business. So they just wanted to get out of that. So we moved and the next place we moved to decided that it was costing too much to have us there. So we moved again across the street to Winnebago Studios. Mm -hmm. And then they decided Winnebago Studios needed to be tore down. And then we moved to another place on Williamson Street in Madison for about two years until a new studio was built again. So every time we seem to get a place that's cheap enough to make pottery in, 
somebody in Madison decides they're going to buy that building and tear it down mm -hmm. until we're into the place that we're in right now. Yeah, you're in a you're in a good situation. Good now, situation. For sure. Yeah, where Winnebago Studios used to be, they built a co-housing unit, and the bottom floors are all for artists. And, and it's called Ground Floor Studios. Ground Floor Studios. Yeah. yeah, but so you and I were at Winnebago together for a couple of years. Yep. At um, least two years, if not three. Although you were upstairs, so I didn't get to see you. Yep. You were working time. in a small space. I was, was. Wasn't there carpet, too? Oh, no, it was solid wood. And the hallways floor. had carpet, oh, and carpet, I think. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. And there were 13 stairs. So yeah. every time I'd have 800 pounds of clay, I'd have to lug it oh, up. Oh, jeez. How did you get stairs. the kiln up there? <laughs> On a dolly, uh, I guess, friends. right? I lifted, I literally lifted the thing up and oh walked it up the stairs. Oh my gosh. You did by yourself. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's what? nuts. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I was really comfortable up there. I mean, oh my mm. gosh, it's so nice. It's, they had a washing machine up there so I could wash all the rags, you know. Oh wow. I had my own bathroom basically up there because nobody else ever showed up. Yeah, and, I know you have a beautiful space now. Yep. But that building, was a gem. It was. It, it was the hub of the arts center of the east side. Mm -hmm. Well, it was the only place like it because Madison is really good at tearing buildings down and yes. putting up new. Even yep. when buildings aren't very old, yep. they tear them down. And Madison was never a big industrial town, so there's not a lot of buildings that are well suited for artists. So that was, again, a unique situation. It was a welding shop or, or something along that time, and, and they kept adding right. parts, and, and, then the, and then they put an extra floor on it. And, but and I'm it sure none of it was to code. I mean, like the way oh, that yeah. it looked like it was slapped together. And so when I, I was in a different space in that building initially, we wanted to get our kiln set up. And so we had to hire an electrician, and they had to be commercial-grade electrician. And we spent w with him... I think in a couple hours just following all the different wires to see where the electric, the, you mm -hmm. know, where we could tap in because there, there was all, a number of different electrical boxes in that mm -hmm. building. But that space was great though. I mean, there, no, there was a lot of, well, it was great in ways. I mean, they always had art yeah. shows and yep. it would be a great turnout. And they had, I remember the first time I was there, I'm like, this is kind of fancy. Like, it's mm -hmm. great. Like. Yeah, it was. And a number of professors had their studio spaces yeah. there because, again, there there weren't a lot of spaces available if you're somebody who can't work in a space with carpet because mm -hmm. so many of the office spaces mm -hmm. and things are set up for that. But it's beautiful. The new space is, it's a different jam, though. Very and it's different. affordable? Um, it's getting there, right? It's getting there. So this is what the future of Madison was supposed to look like if the mayor actually listened to what we were saying, and she hasn't. What we've done was we've bought nine studios, the whole bottom floor, basically, of that building. The nine artists bought it as a cooperative, and we intend to pay for it. So once it's paid for, our rent basically goes to zero, except for the utilities. Hmm. And then anybody that follows after us, you know, hey, Five years from now, if I want to leave there, somebody else can move into there. And if it's paid for at that time, their rent's going to be under 100 bucks. Oh my so gosh. we have, it's a great plan for a lot of places in Madison to be able to do something like this. Mm -hmm. But the mayor poo-pooed us, the, the arts council poo-pooed us, 
everybody has just basically said, oh, that's great. Let's see if it works. Well, why wouldn't that work? Like... It, it, I don't know this for a fact, so we're not going to say it as a fact. But what Adam, the old owner of Omega mm -hmm. Studios, told me is that a lot of money goes to Madison for the arts. A lot of it does. But in the end, Madison City only spends 17% of it towards the arts. Oh, I believe that. Huh. And the rest of it, I don't know where it goes. But well, th that was an article in the State Journal. If it's arts in general, it could go towards performing arts. Mm -hmm. how, seeing how Minneapolis and some of these other larger cities incorporate more arts into public spaces in those places, whereas Madison is not great at doing that. They just <clears throat> lifted the mural ban. So now they can start putting murals onto buildings. So, you know, hopefully things are changing. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. It's more important to have a big tax base for the city at this point. And in, or, in order to do that, you need more apartments. So everything's being torn down and apartments and condos are being put up. Well, well I know I there's mean, a housing shortage. Yeah, but still at the same time, like... It's so insane what they're charging for rent now. Why would anybody choose to live in the city when they could go 15 minutes away and buy a house and have their mortgage cheaper? After paying the $9,000 property tax this year on my $124,000 house, which is what I bought it for. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not what it's worth now, though. Uh, no. 9000 9,000 bucks. Shit. Have you seen my little place? No. It's a tiny little bungalow. I mean, it's the smallest house on my block. And it's going to go up 14% next year. We made really good money on our house. I mean, our property taxes are half of that, yep. less than half, because we were on the north side. Yep. Oh, you know the what they say about the north side, though. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, it's... It's growing. It, That's yeah. what they say is growing. Yeah. yeah. We should probably talk about pottery and not property. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. It's sure. all linked. Yeah, it's all yeah, linked. Yeah. I will say this, though, with property taxes, since the state kind of cut back on funding for education and for schools, and since you're wife was a teacher for many years. Yep. I mean, that's all the other reason why in this state, property taxes are going up to pay for things that used to be paid for or helped out by the state. And you have to remember that during Scott Walker's era, they put that cap. The Act 10 and... And mm -hmm. the cap on property taxes. So, mm -hmm. so you can't, I don't remember what it is. It's pretty low though. You can't go over two and a half percent or something like that each year on a property tax. So they have to raise the price of the housing Mm -hmm. To make up for that tax that revenue, limit. revenue loss, yeah. yeah, it's nuts. So it's it's I don't know. I mean, I think um, if anything's worth investing in, it's our our young people, so they uh, hopefully can take care of things when I, well, we retire. It's, it's just going to be hard to live in Madison for for anybody, to be honest with you. Yeah, because of the price of the housing, what what's going to be like, and yeah, and we should be talking about something. But with you having your studio already set, it does free you up if you wanted to move outside of town or move. But then you would have to drive into town to go. Yeah, because how studio. close are you to the studio? Uh, three blocks. So that's pretty yeah. nice. Yeah, it it is. But see, now the studio has to make it too. We've got to be able to pay for it. When we first started this project, we were looking at an interest rate of two percent. 
what happened is the interest rates went up to 6.75. Mm-hmm. At, at 2%, we had a $27,000 in, in the black. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're about $20,000 in the red right now with, with those interest rates like that each yeah, year. So we're finding any way possible at this point to keep doing some ways of funding this. Can you do any grants? Have you guys tried we've, any grants? We've gotten, we, we have one grant last year for $10,000. From the city, or who did you get that from? Oh, state grant. See, that's another thing about Minnesota. There's so many grants for the arts. It's insane. Well, there's money for it. It's just not being spent correctly. This city could spend a little more money on, on the arts. And yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Dance and, and all of that. MSCR supports mm-hmm. that. So in a way, they kind of are. Mm-hmm. Be, because uh, Madison Rack actually has so many different programs mm-hmm. that's being funded by the city right now. That, mm-hmm. At a really low low cost too. Mm. Yes, you can do my pottery class for a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty reasonable. That's one thing MCR has amazing instructors. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. I mean, the pottery oh, yeah. sale went from like when I first took it over and decided that we weren't going to sell garbage. We're not going to sell the stuff left over by first time students. And then all of a sudden, like I haven't been a part of it for years. You just said they made $39,000 So where's that money go to, though? Because it doesn't go to MSCR Pottery. Otherwise, you would have a suit on right now and, like, a smoking jacket. And... Yeah, you, it's not going... I'm just a peon. It doesn't know <laughs> but, where I mean, the money goes. I don't know. Like, seriously, like, it should actually probably go back to some of the instructors as income. But doesn't it get capped? Though I thought instructor salaries get capped at MSCR. Oh, yeah. Mine's you capped. can't be full-time. Mine's capped right now. I'm at the top of my yeah, yeah. where I can Earning. go at this point. I, I don't know where the 39000 goes. Um, because when I took it over, it, we did all of a sudden, like, we needed money, and we bought stuff, and we built kilns, yep. and bought kilns, and paid for demos. And I remember the last time I was a part of someone coming in to do a demo, they were paying them a lot less than I paid. Or I'm saying I. It wasn't me paying, but, like, I said, you should pay these people 1000 mm-hmm. bucks a day because we have the money. And you guys got great artists then yeah. too. Are they doing that anymore? Where you guys are bringing people from outside? Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. We're still, we're still doing that. I have no idea what they're paying them, but oh, when I, I do say, a demo for them. Well, yeah. can you yeah. let me know when you guys have? Oh, sure. Um, because I think that would be, it'd be nice to link more of the different programs where people can take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, that'd be really Because there's really lots idea. of exciting things going on in all the little ceramic pockets, but mm-hmm. I don't feel like we cross over always a ton. I'm sitting in my studio by myself, listening to public radio and constantly trying to keep up with orders. Mm-hmm. And I don't get out and, and see people either. Oh, I think we all are in our little studio bubbles yeah, most of the we time. Really, we really are. Now that you are hopefully your final studio where you're not moving anymore like where are you at for your business right now do you have many people that you tap are you wanting to be more solo and streamline it's just it's just me solo at this point i say that but whenever i need a hand i'll still call john tiller who used to work for me and works Mm -hmm. at row now i'll still call john up and say john geez I need 15 pieces of pottery from you, man. I, I've got these orders I'm working on, but there's some, some stuff that, say, uh, uh, a lamp company ordered. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, John, you're the one that designed that lamp in the first mm-hmm. place. 
I need you to come over here and do that. Well, he's like the traveling pottery hobo. <laughs> he, he really is. Like, I mean, he's awesome, but yep. he just... Yep. He goes to where the pots are needed. <laughs> and Nikki, too. Every once in a while, I'll call Nikki up. Mm. And she's only done this for me once, but I said, <laughs> remember that pot you made? That you remember you used to have to do 20 of them every week? <laughs> she goes, yeah. And I'll go, I need 6,000. Can you, uh, yeah, I will. I need 10 of those because my fingers are not small enough to put those tiny little grooves in there. Oh, <laughs> and you got man. those wee little fingers. <laughs> I bet she's cool with doing that too. Huh? Yeah, we traded up on something for, for it one time. And yeah, she. And I looked at him and I went, I wish I could make it look like that. Oh. Holy mackerel. How the heck do you do that, you know? Yeah, you got my version of it and you got Nikki's version of it, you know? And you're just going to have to put up with it. Well, it's nice that they're still in your life that you, you know, can do that. Every single person that ever worked for me is still, still in, in my life. Yeah, mm -hmm. still in the circle. Well, I think it's interesting about the way you make a pottery income compared to most potters out you know like when I first started making I'm like well I've got to find some galleries I'd find a couple and I got to do art fairs I met you before spring green but I've seen you at art fairs and yep. that but you weren't even in your booth anyway mm. <laughs> was it just solo no. there wasn't anybody there no because I'm like I want to talk to Scott but uh we were you just know, like, like I sold enough now I'm gonna go to go have lunch or no I'd have a beer <laughs> yeah and I, I met John there because John was walking around and I asked him and he's like, oh, I threw this one. And I'm like, so it was great. You're probably making more money than most people doing art fairs or you're selling more pots maybe. The art fairs I do now are super selective and they're all indoors. I don't and even I, know if I'd call them fairs though, are they? No, they're I not mean, even fairs. Like the, the National Arts. Level. They're like shows. Yeah, like, uh, National Arts and Crafts Conference is in Asheville, yeah. North Carolina. That has to do with furniture, with copper, anything from that arts and crafts era. Are you finding the people who go to those shows are retail people wanting to get wholesale or are they just regular people who love and are collectors and they're, so they're going to be buying? They're collectors. Okay. That's what those shows are for. At the end of the show, this show is, mm -hmm. is three days long. Mm -hmm. I'll say last hour of the show, come pick your stuff out, but it's not wholesale. Remember, it mm -hmm. used to be wholesale, 50%. Oh, I can't do that anymore. So mm -hmm. it's going to be 75% of what it's marked. And then mm -hmm. you can take it to your store and market it at whatever price you want. You know, it doesn't have to be my price. You can, you can bump it up. My, but my you can grind the name off. <laughs> and say Which it's... happened. I know. Shut that's what... up. Which and it was on Antiques Roadshow, right? No. This really happened, David Rago, in case you ever listened to this. <laughs> I know you won't remember. David mm -hmm. Rago and Suzanne are the two pottery people on Antique Roadshow. Mm -hmm. Well, they also did the National Arts and Crafts conference every year too. And he has a big auction in New Jersey, very big auction in New Jersey, one of the biggest in the country. Gosh, I'm trying to remember the year this was, maybe 2006. Okay. I walked into his, it might have been earlier than that, I walked into his booth, he's got a half a million dollar settee sitting there, mm -hmm. beautiful piece, you know, nice arts and crafts, English arts and crafts, it's his main piece, and I, I, I go, oh. Walked over to a piece of uh, groovy pottery. It's called Kendrick. It's a Kendrick style piece. It had seven head, and this one had, I think this one had seven handles. Just a beautiful piece. Double leaf on top, handles that turned into leaves. Just really gorgeous piece. I looked at it and I went, that's 
that's one of my pieces. I can tell my own pottery, yeah. you know? Isn't yeah. that weird that you, how you can tell your own yeah. pottery? Because, like, I'll see stuff from undergrad at a garage sale, and I'm like, I, I made that. And I'll look at it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. son of a bitch, it's mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's garbage. Trust me, when you, when you have 500,000 pieces of raw pottery with yeah. your signature on it, you, you yeah. find a lot of it. I picked it up. Yeah. Normally, this is a $30,000 piece of pottery if it's a piece of groovy. And I grab it with one hand and I flip it over and yeah. there's no mark on it because it's been ground off. And I know we put the mark dead in the center of that uh-huh. thing. Well, what's hard about arts and crafts is like all the pieces are ground anyway, yeah. you know? Because so, they run, right? Yeah. yeah. So I walked it over to Suzanne and I said, this is one. This is my piece of pottery, uh-huh. and she goes, "No, that's a groovy piece of pottery." And sir, you should put that back. It's a very expensive piece of pottery. And I said, "No, this is this is something that I made about three years ago." Did you lick it she, like I was saying? How you can lick a glaze? <laughs> I, I, so she, wa- I literally put it back, and she walks over to David Rago, and she's and she's whispering to him. And next thing I know, I'm being escorted out of their booth. Are you booth. serious? Oh, she kicked me out of there. And for the next couple of years, I'd walk into their booth and she would intercept me and <laughs> make sure I wouldn't go back into their booth. You should bring them one of your pieces. I found this piece of groovy pottery and not have your name on it and see what they do. I'm going to put a, a star on this. That's really what happened, David. <laughs> At least that's the way I've seen it, in my opinion, mm. of what happened. Every time we do this, mm-hmm. we're losing one more person to one be a sponsor. One more sponsor, one more listener. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm pretty I... sure he would sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get to see him once a year, and he still will not talk to me. Really? Yeah. So, anyways. For New Year's, we can kind of maybe talk a little bit about like what our business plan or our pottery mm. plan. You were talking about how you're going to go strictly Chinos, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Chino. Yeah. And then I'll never sell another piece of pottery in my life. Oh, except the potters. To potters. Yeah. The potters pottery. Um, yeah, do you have like a plan for this year? Like kind of, are you going to try to do the same um, shows that you've done in the past? Are yep. you yep. Um, comfortable enough with the people you're selling through and selling to with your websites that you can kind of coast on, um, you know, kind of knowing what kinds of orders to expect? It seems like you have a good thing going. Like you make work and it sells and yep. you love teaching and you're teaching. Because mm-hmm. there's no other reason you'd be teaching. Yep. It's not to make any money. Cause... No, I, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, no, I like teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than anything, I like showing people and absolutely every question they ask, I really want to be able to answer it for them, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. I'm not one of those people that, oh, that's a, that clay's formula is a secret. That's yeah. a secret. No, no, let's figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. And here's how we're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I'll take time to figure it out with them. Or why is it bubbling right now? Why is my, my clay's never bubbled like that before? Well, what are you using different? Well, Gillespie Borey got switched for Grizzly Borey. Well, okay, there's that not as much silica in Gillespie Borey. Let's see if we can get that thing to run a little bit more so it's not stable and bubbly. Things like that. Mm-hmm. On my phone, three times a week, I'll get somebody from Maine or California that's going, this is happening. Or Stoughton. Or Stoughton, <laughs> yeah. Because I'll call Scott and I'm like, I'm out of this. What can I do? And he's like, what's a good substitution? You know, and sometimes he's like, just a minute, I got to pull over. 
<laughs> then he does the math. And I'm fishing right now. I got to pull over <laughs> yeah. just a second. <laughs> I'm helping people out with that type of stuff. And, yeah, that's awesome. And clay constantly changes. Well, especially right now, yeah. like all the things that are changing, like Custer gonna be, you know, it's gonna be gone. EPK. Yep. Thank you for the heads up though, because we ordered some more. Uh, yeah, for the studio, good. So. Good, because I mean, we ordered what Custer. Custer. Yeah. I know, I should get some. Yeah, I get a little. You, if I can anymore. Mike's about gone. It's about it? gone. I, I called for MSCR and I called for myself mm. and said, um, and then called Shelly too and called a guy in Maine and said, dude, no more Custer. I didn't even know until so, it was on Instagram and I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, so then are they just closing it temporarily or uh, is hopefully. it? Hopefully. Every bit of clay that comes out of South Dakota, middle and west South Dakota is all Custer's. Mm. That feldspar. That, yep, so. Is this really Custer's last stand? It's, yes, <laughs> right now it's happening, right now. I can't believe you didn't no say that because that's Custer. the corniest thing possible. <laughs> I would yeah. like to know how those big Tennessee tile companies mm. that put a million tiles out a day they don't have EPK, they don't have Custer anymore. Those are the, those are the two things they make their tile out of. Yeah. Pivot. Yeah. Pivot. How did you get such a strong chemistry background? Did you study chemistry? I can't mm, remember. He used to make meth. I, <laughs> that makes so much sense. Before meth was a thing, Scott was making it. To buy Sorry. a Sudafed like crazy. No, is that is meth from Sudafed? I don't know. Ask Scott. Scott, is meth from Sudafed? Not maybe it Sudafed. It is. Well, That's no, not the, new, to, not the new Sudafed, the old Sudafed. You had to show your ID now if you buy Sudafed. And then it's not really the real stuff anymore. So it, it's pseudo, pseudo-Fedron, right? It's pseudo. <laughs> Scott didn't really make meth, but he knows a lot of chemistry, so that's why he answered. So my chemistry class in high school went like this, and it was the fifth hour before lunch, and I'd face away from the teacher, Mr. Gaustad, and I'd look at the clock, and I'd close my eyes. And when the bell rang, I opened my eyes again, and went, oh, God, I can go to lunch now. And I still got a C-plus in that class. Because I aced the test. Because it made sense to you. It just made sense to me, yeah. So then was that your only exposure to chemistry? Then everything else was self-taught? It just, math and chemistry make sense to Mm -hmm. me in my head. Mm -hmm. Well, I I was trying to remember what you went to college for. Aircraft electronics. Yeah. Avionics. Oh, yeah. Okay. For some reason, I thought there was some chemistry, but I'm wrong. There wasn't, but there was a ton of math. Yeah. Absolute ton of math. And it it literally meant keeping all those formulas in your head. It was an easy switch. So how long did you work in that field? Five years. At the time, the B-1 bomber was just rolling off the assembly line, and I was making test equipment for Hmm. that. And then the cruise missile, the Tomahawk, was just on a drawing board at that time. We were making the fuel controls for that whole thing at that time, and it wasn't tested yet. And then when it got tested, and I remember being at the test when they first tested this. Oh, crazy. That was very interesting. I can't go into how that whole thing went. Because it's Did it's, you get to hang classi- out with Reagan? I don't it's still be, classified, it, huh? It probably is still classified. <laughs> you got to hang out with Reagan. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it got to the point where it, it got to be really kind of boring to me. Mm. I got really uppity. 25-year-old got pretty damn uppity back then. Knew a lot. Uh-huh. Told everybody I knew a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Damn it, I know it all. Because that's how 25-year-olds are. That's how, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and this wasn't the whole reason. But when, seriously, when I found out that they were going to nuclear tip some of the cruise missiles, 
that was enough for me to you're go, like, I don't want to do this. But yeah. then how, why did you decide clay, though, after that? Where you're just like, peace out, I'm going to make pottery. Oh, no, no, no. I took my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, Tina, up to Manaqua, Wisconsin. Yeah, hell, we're going to live off the land, and I'm going to paint for a living. Paint houses? Paint, or no, paint oil painting. Well, you're going to be an oil painter. Oh, I, I, I could paint. Well, it makes sense because some of your pottery has yeah. the detail. So yeah. we opened up a the store up there, yeah. and sold other people's paintings and tried to sell my paintings. And it was like <laughs> hottest summer on record at the time and nobody came up. And it was like no snow in the winter time, So nobody came up the snowmobile. Oh. That store went doo, 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 yeah, doo, right in the rough. poopers. I came running back to Madison. Oh man, I don't have a job. What am I going to do? And Roe Pottery had an ad in the paper, back then the ads were in the paper. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it said, oh, it was we called need, the class of fun. We need somebody to decorate paint pottery. And I said, I can paint. I, I went out to Roe Pottery and I said, uh, hey, I'd like a job. And he says, <laughs> Jerry, who is the supervisor at the time, looked at me and goes, men don't paint pottery. What? I got the same thing up in Monaco too, by the way. Everybody oh in Monaco got, if you were a man, got laid off in the winter. And there were no jobs for men up there in the wintertime. Because men did construction. Oh, sure. You got unemployment all the way through winter up there. Mm -hmm. But I went to Jerry and he, and he said that to me. He could see my forehead getting really red and my cheeks getting really bright red. And I turned around out of his office. <laughs> And they had pay phones back then. I went to the pay phone. I called the unemployment office. I said, you know what they just told me? They go, oh, well, hold on a second. Hung the phone up, and I was living in Cambridge at the time. I went back home. As soon as I got home, the phone was ringing. Can you come in for an interview? <laughs> I went, yes, I can. Huh, look at that. <laughs> and I uh, learned how to paint cows and hearts. And houses. And houses. And... 500,000 pieces later, uh -huh. and 10 years later, I was out of that place <laughs> and doing my own stuff. Well, and then you were at Rockdale then after that, weren't yep, you? Yep, just after that. And I, yeah. I, I, uh, but you had a plan in the works. I had a plan. I told yeah. Peter. I told Peter Jackson, going to Rockdale at the time, I said, Peter, I'm going to be here for six months. Mm -hmm. Kevin Hicks and I are planning on starting a pottery. Mm -hmm. I've got the glaze made for it. Kevin's going to throw and I know you need some people right now because mm -hmm. a lot of his people took off to uh, row pottery mm -hmm. and started decorating there when I left. Well, and it was a, it was a little unstable at Rockdale too. He, he, so we kind of yep. knew that this was going to be the last two raw. Yep, and he said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And he would literally come out and show me something and he'd go, what do you think of this? While I'm decorating, mm -hmm. what do you think of this? He says, I've got a customer that wants this. Do you think you can do this? And I go, yeah, but Peter, I'm not going to be here that long. <laughs> yeah. And he'd, he'd keep coming out and going. And, it, and I didn't know that he was in pretty dire straits at that time mm -hmm. for, for money. He just needed to know somebody could do this for him. Mm -hmm. You never know what's really going on no. behind the scenes until you investigate it further or spend some time there. And, yeah. and with those pottery companies, I didn't realize until I was working at them, how 
every season depends on if you get the orders <laughs> from those big companies. So if you get the Ethan Allen orders or right. the, and if you lose it, because they were competing against Roe. Mm -hmm. So if you lose it, then that was a giant, <laughs> you know, order that now you're mm -hmm. going to have to figure out then how you're going to make salaries and things uh, yeah. without that, those sales. Yep. A lot of pressure. And every year at Roe, we had three months before Christmas. He would just hire as many people. He had 100 people in that place at mm. one time. Oh, my God. And then after Christmas, it would be the great Christmas layoff. Right. Yeah, it was normal to be laid off at some time during the year. It pissed me off. I never would freaking lay me off. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I was the freaking top I decorator. <laughs> I mean, I was really putting the decor. Diane Erke and I were like the top decorators, but Diane had, was like a needle in, in Jim's ear. He's like, geez, you know, it's just like a, a buzzing in his ear all the time. And so he wasn't going to keep Diane on and <laughs> he he'd bring her back. So he'd always, <laughs> it'd be Glenn Kucher throwing and me decorating Decorate. and then John Raymond would be doing the firing. Mm -hmm. And it like went that way for years and years and years. And you're so I lucky. need to get laid off. You're so lucky. You don't have to worry about getting laid off. I hated that. I really <laughs> wanted to. I wanted to exit so bad. You put eight years in decorating. You're going, I need a freaking break from well, this Well, And stuff. you guys didn't get a great vacation packet either. Because I remember you had to work there. Vacation? I worked there. A what? I had to work there a full year before I got two vacation days. Oh, my God, yeah. Two so vacation days? Two vacation days after a full year of working. Yeah, like, did you get any vacation when you were there? Uh, we were supposed to get a week of vacation, but it had it had something to do also with, if it was during those three months, you know, but you couldn't take it. Because mm, so they knew that was their so, highest Yeah, and that was, that's when I wanted to go deer hunting. Oh, you know? yeah. And it's like, oh, you can't go deer hunting, so I couldn't take a freaking vacation. And at the end of the year, you lose your vacation time. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, my gosh. It was like a win for them in every way. Jim, let's break this guy. Yeah. <laughs> How many years does it take till he's Jeez. totally done? Mr. Rowe, if you're listening to this, yeah. okay, so I've you knew how to break people. people. Business is kind of like the house wins. The business is, it's not about always. The amount of production for is people. what blows my mind. Because, like, yeah. yesterday, I made three mugs. Yeah, but you're carving them. I know, but still, them. like, when I think about it, it's like, all right, I'm going to sell them at maybe $80 a piece. But at the same time, if I just threw 50 mugs in a day, like, I'd make more money. That model works because everybody's a cog in the machine. Because yeah. you would just be throwing, or you'd yeah. just be decorating, or you'd just be running the ram press, or you'd, hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's a We're production. We're putting cheese in people's throwing buckets, like Mark was saying. What? Like, Don't you remember we interviewed Mark and Mark okay. was saying people are putting blocks of cheese in other people's throwing water? Oh my water. gosh, I, I feel like <laughs> I blacked that out because I may have had too much whiskey that Yeah, night. you passed out <laughs> it. <laughs> I think I got six pieces out this way. That's throwing and the decorating. On, That's the on wet the pieces. work. It's me now. Right? I get to do what oh. I want now and I want to make really freaking nice stuff now mm -hmm. you, you still get the orders off the dot-com site you mm -hmm. got to fill those orders too so you throw those in there too mm -hmm. walking the rope the new rope pottery right now i went and talked to tiller a couple of weeks ago you can't move in there 
There's 3,000 pieces of pottery. No, and, and they're not small. They're big pieces that Rick Lamore and him are throwing right now, and are John they, and Tiller are throwing right are now. Are they not moving it through? Oh, no, they've got it? orders for They these just have that much? They've got that much. Wow. That's production pottery. I, I don't know how John can do that. I don't, I don't get it. When Tiller was throwing for me, I mean, John and I would throw, and John would throw the bulk of it because Nikki and I were doing a lot of the decorating. 3,500 pieces a year. John's doing 3,500 pieces in like mm -hmm. two, two months now, maybe even less than that. Oh my God. I mean, and it's, he only works there two days a week. And he's <laughs> just, is, he working, is he working like 10 hour days? Though, yeah, too? 10, 10, 12 hour days. Yeah. We, we have him on the short list for interviewing. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just the quirkiest, greatest dude ever. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And he lives on a farm by a trout stream. So, yeah. oh, have you he, been out there fishing? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, so great. So he can give me the trout updates, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have to ask him about his new style of trout fishing. It's a Japanese style of trout fishing that I don't quite get yet, but mm -hmm. maybe he can explain it to you on the On, on the, the podcast. Is it like drinking a really high-end whiskey? And <laughs> I don't think he drinks, does he? I'm not too uh, much. I mean, I've seen him partake. He may not be a bee's kneezer. Yeah, he would be a bee's kneezer. You think he he'd be a bee's He keeps kneezer? bees. Yeah, but you can keep bees and not necessarily be a bee's kneezer. He would have his own toilet gin <laughs> and local honey. So be local gin. He might. He sells his honey at the fermentation fest, yeah. and then he makes crocs for it too. Oh, you know, nice. for the for the uh, freshly squeezed weasels. <laughs> he told me a story about weasels attacking his goats or his sheep and no, killing his. No, oh. no, his chickens. No, it was it was larger than a chicken. It was a four-legged mammal. What? Yes. This last spring, the weasel got in there every night and would kill a chicken every night. Oh. And he had no idea how that damn thing was getting in there. Well, they are weaselly. <laughs> Let's go around and we're going to wrap it up with what's altering your world. Altering my world is nothing. I'm just making and mm -hmm. I'm making as much as I can. Because I have two sales in May that'll be probably 80% of my yearly income. So I'm just making as much work as possible. But I'm going to drink less and eat better mm -hmm. and continue exercising and stretch. Like, I mean, you both are older than me. I don't remember Scott's age and are in insane shape. And I can't run a mile. And I'm, you know, I'm in decent shape, but I want to get in better shape. I want to stretch more because I want to make sure. Did you want to start modeling? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I, I do want to be more limber. Like I need to be more flexible. I'm sick of back pain. Yeah. And rib so, pain and, and crunches. Yeah. Like now I'm at the age where I exercise, you know, muscle strain and muscle pain. And you kind of enjoy that in some way when you yep. earn it. You do. Mm -hmm. But then when you have it from like doing nothing or like weird parts of your body hurt from exercising. Like I wake up now and all my ribs hurt and they just throb. Oh, yeah. And it's like every day and for like an hour when I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck? I don't even want to go to sleep now because like I wake up and it's like I might as well have been beat up while I slept. Yeah, what are you? You got a new mattress, thing. Yeah, we just... Paid more for our bed than I paid for most you, cars. Do you feel like the bed, the mattress, could be contributing to it? I mean, no, I don't think so. I think it's it's your corset you sleep in. 
I don't know. Maybe Kay's <laughs> abusing me. I don't know what's happening at night. Maybe I get a camera. That's the only. <laughs> well, Ryan, I'm sleeping on the couch for the last two years because of my my shoulder pain. It goes into my neck. Uh, I mean, it, are you doing stretches and things? Does that make any difference yep. for you? Yep. With no, I'm, I'm doing physical therapy for that thing so I can teach. Mm-hmm. Boy, I was in really good shape. I was running back up to my five miles into this summer and I was lifting pretty dang heavy again. And then I went and I lifted a bag of clay wrong. That's the thing. It's like you're doing all this stuff to maintain and then you do something slightly wrong. Slight. I lifted up our bed slightly wrong oh, yep. four months is. ago. Yep. And I'm like, when is this pain going to go away? This is stupid. Well, so the main thing that we're trying to say is don't get old. I was just going to say that. Just die Okay, so now we've also totally turned off all of our younger listeners because they'll be like, it's just like listening to a bunch of complain. I'm going back on what I just said. I'm not going to eat healthy and drink, not drink. (laughs) I'm doing more drinking and eating garbage. (laughs) For our younger listeners, I played power volleyball until I was 60 years old. The night I turned 60 years old and I blocked a shot and I felt my rotator cuff tear again. That's the end of my power volleyball right there. And then when I lifted that bag of clay wrong, I tore it again three months ago. You did. And not only that, I tore the labrum also. Did they surgically go in and try to reattach it? Oh, I can't do that. If I do that, I won't be throwing for a year. Yeah. So, no, we're just doing PT and because I need to teach. I really like teaching, and I need to make sure I, I don't make 60 mugs in a sitting mm-hmm. anymore. I just want to make my nine pieces a week and mm-hmm. sell well, those nine pieces. And It helps you be more selective. If there's no joy in doing it, nope. you they, don't have to do it. They did bronze his Speedos that he wore in volleyball and really? put them in the bar. There's yeah. a plaque. Nice. The small sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> I do no. know there's a nice bronzy glaze, the Cone 6. We should make a Scott Speedo and just drop it off there and be like, do you remember when Scott played power volleyball? Okay, so altering your world is... My wife and I will travel a little bit more this year and be with friends more. Nice. Um, our problem is that most of our friends are, mine's in La Crosse, Milwaukee, South Beloit, and my wife's friends are in Minnesota. You need friends in warmer Middle places. Illinois. Yeah, I was just going to say. Super, that's super not a, good that's friends. That's a day trip. Oh, yeah, that's not a weekend. You need a weekend. No, and then we, we meet. Like mm. ne- next weekend, we'll be in uh, Iowa, in a bed and breakfast in Iowa for four days with them. Nice. We'll be doing more of that. I have a lot of friends in Madison also, but it's, th- it's not the kind of people you can call up and go, hey, meet me here. Mm. Everybody has families. Everybody has things that are going on. It's not a lot of that. We're with these other friends. Hey, Paul, let's go trout fishing. Mm. You know, Paul lives in La Crosse. Hey, I'll meet you halfway. I'll meet you in Boaz. Mm. And we'll go to the Lonesome Dove and have a beer. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You go up to Viroqua, fish nope, up yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. South of Viroqua, a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna fish that Elk Creek up there next week. Mm. That's the thing with aging and whatever you know as a kid and even in college you think you're so busy but then you get older and like you buy a house and everything takes so much time and it's there's not enough time to do everything mm-hmm. remember when your summers you'd go i got my summers filled up i don't have any time to do anything because i i've been so busy for the last 10 years you know, it's lovely to have time where you can just let life happen and not have to have it all planned. So it sounds like that's maybe what 
you're creating space yep. for that, which is really good. And still be able to make the pottery because I, at 65 mm -hmm. right now, I have more people that want my stuff than I've ever had in my life. Well, you've worked ridiculous. Yeah, that's not you've by worked, happenstance. Yeah, you've worked hard <laughs> to get to that point. And it's to the point where I'm going, I only want to make nine pieces, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's awesome, though. Yeah. That's amazing. Because if you're going to be slowing that production, those prices become more valuable. Well, I don't want to make an Eric Olson mistake. And Eric, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> your mistake was doubling your prices all at once. Mm. I, I'm selling a lot of stuff right now because people like my stuff mm -hmm. and not taking into consideration that they like your stuff because your prices are really good too. I know. I'm scared of that too, of raising prices. I just think of what would I pay for whatever mm. I'm making. Yeah, yeah. And I don't really value my stuff as much as you know i meet some people like well your prices should be double i'm like well i don't know it's not that good yep. that's the hardest part of being i think an artist is figuring out that sweet spot of what you can pay yourself to earn a living even though you've like sold millions of dollars worth of pots none of us really make money no nope. doing it <laughs> which blows my mind it doesn't matter what the price is it's still you don't really the bismuth in my glaze a bucket of my glaze costs nine hundred dollars. I wanted to ask you that. Bucket. That's no, insane. It's not cheap to make. Do you that have glaze. a really nice bucket that it goes into? Because <laughs> sometimes I've had buckets just implode, and I can't imagine like a nine hundred dollar bucket of oh, glaze. Wow. I've got two two nine hundred dollar buckets that are going. They glazed. I did something wrong to the glaze. <gasps> you know, someday I'll fix it. Uh, you know, now it's hardest. It's like your fireplace. It's like rock yeah. hot. There's yeah. no way I can I can retrieve it it's not going to get cheaper and when you can't get the materials and you have to keep reformulating damn feldspars i've got almost every feldspar that you can buy or could buy and now can rebuy i've got all of them formulated figured out if we don't have custer i can go back to mojavier but if i go back to mojavier i got to pull so much silica out of it add so much alumina to it if that's not going to work the last six bags of G200 HP, and if you do that, you gotta add yeah. this much Minspar to it, you know, and then a touch of silica. I got all that stuff figured out somewhere in books and scribbled on the walls, mm. you know? That's <laughs> but, awesome. But, now we can get the Mojavier again, so we'll have to... I don't even know what that is. Do you yeah, that I don't is? know what that is either. Well, since we can't get Custer anymore, the actual old G200 matches up with something called Mojavier that comes from India. But since India was an ally of Russia, and Russia invaded Ukraine, and the United States didn't like Russia invading Ukraine, India shut their production of Mojavier down to the United States. So we couldn't get in anymore. And mm -hmm. we had no G200 anymore. So I took Custer and I made it into G200. And now I can get the Mojavier again, but now we can't get the Custer. So we got to reverse engineer this whole thing again. And it's like constantly having to do crap like that to, to keep your that's, glaze looking right. That's part of the puzzle of mm -hmm. this material that we're working with. We are constantly pivoting and having to adapt it's, I was going to say, it's a lot more extreme in the last 10 years. I yeah. think, well, I was just thinking about that. Even just the weather, all the changes in sure. global warming and stuff. Our normals are not 
so normal anymore. <laughs> Thinking about COVID, we all quickly kind of adapted and changed everything from how we worked, how we socialized, mm -hmm. how we shopped, how we, all of it. Our normal is to constantly be adapting. And maybe by being in a field where we've been learning how to do that, maybe that will serve us well in this ever-changing world. Or Ryan will just call me on the phone and go, Scott, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do Scott. now? <laughs> I don't know how to deer hunt. <laughs> well, you get a gun, you see yeah. one across the field. Oh my God, I had so many deer in my yard lately. I had the biggest buck I've ever seen in the yard. We have a bunch of huge cedars, and it was like tearing into like branches that were like, I don't know, six inches in diameter. All right, so what's altering my world? So I have similar goals, and I don't normally have like New Year's goals, but I do feel mm -hmm. like it's a nice time to kind of reset and start afresh. And so I'm trying really hard to have less processed food in my house and cook more because I think that's important for my whole family and exercising more and committing and making more time for that. This year, I would like to be, I don't mind, confrontation doesn't bother me, but I think also like I can be timid in asking for things and saying no or not over committing because I'm a people pleaser. And saying no is hard for me. You yeah, know, know that. So I'm going to try to say no and I'm going to try to advocate for myself more this year. So we'll see at the end of the season how I did. So do you, do you like being a part of the school board? Or? <laughs> yeah, for my, our listeners, I'm a elected official. I mean, that's why I got out of MSCR yeah. and MATC, which you both are working at. Yeah, I wrote because, Scott into it. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the job itself is great, but the students can be demanding and more demand. You know, like they get your phone number. I'm like, well, I'm kind of done with it. And if I could get some young students that wanted to chop wood all day, sure, they They're... can have my phone number. But... <laughs> Which will be on the credits, so anybody who's a young person who likes to chop wood all day, yep. go to our website. I have a knife, and I can't talk. Nice axes and a lot of wood and, and gloves. Say, and when he says axes, he's talking about his body spray. Oh, God. No, um, I have nice axes. You know what I liked about the class I did teach at MATC? It was a nighttime class, and there were younger people in that class, and it was yeah. very freaking cool we have younger people i guess i had one person that was a little older but other than that people were 40 and below mm -hmm. and it That's was great. really refreshing mm -hmm. oh my gosh yeah. people really wanted to learn man some of them really picked it up is mscr i mean do you tend to have an older audience that yeah. sign up okay yeah you do you have people from 18 years old in the same class from 18 years old and into their 80s mm -hmm. which is great but when they want a certain thing and they don't know how to achieve it and yeah. they want you to do it for them mm. that's where it gets old they're it's wanting fun. something different out of it than what maybe yeah and sometimes it's not teachable and again, it's fine, but I was just ready to be on my own and do my own thing. 
It's only been a year or so since we moved and I built my studio. Mm -hmm. And I already have that teaching itch where I'm like, well, maybe I can have a class at my house that would a couple be cool. times a yep. week. And or even if you just did a workshop. Yep. I want to get that kiln built because I don't want to make 37 glazes. Right. Because each of those places we're talking about, yeah. there's so many glazes and no one likes them. <laughs> even though they're all great glazes and the mm -hmm. right combinations and whatever, they can figure stuff out. But they're not willing to take the time to figure that out. Yeah. Or the application is the biggest challenge, I feel like. But that's one thing about these older people. They're really good with the change. <laughs> well. Don't they say the older you get, the more flexible you yeah, get? Yeah, I think so. Isn't mm. that how it works? Mm. When I took that over, I had so many people mad at me. It was great. That's because you were an ass, Ryan. Yeah, that's because you're putting cheese in their throwing water. Yeah. <laughs> I had so many people contact me later that said, I brought so much more to that program that's Aww. ever been there. I believe it. And that was that's what you do there, Scott. It's like you're bringing more. The glazed chemistry well, is huge. Well, it's not just that, but like what you make. And oh, yeah. Well, it's you know, all of it. You're the making the pottery into <laughs> art. It's not just making a piece and making a mug. It's bringing it to the next level. Nicest way I can even say it, the way Rand says it. Can't you just figure it out yourself? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they because want you to do everything for you. Yeah. As soon as you walked in there, they wrapped around them yeah. asking questions. Oh. They were great. And I, they'd still text me and like they had to have a holiday party and give me gifts. And it was amazing. Oh my they gosh. were super amazing. That's at MSCR? Yeah. Really? But it was like very stressful. Like I knew everything about all their family lives <laughs> and like I do, medical things. It was insane. I was you, a counselor. And, I feel like well, clay you have is, to be a counselor. Yeah, yeah. that's, I think that's a you truth be. with being <laughs> a clay a yeah. educator in clay because I do think there's a form yeah. of therapy that people get yep. from working in clay you're well, helping them well it was them. kind of high schooly there would be a click and then some new person would be in there and the click went like that guy and yeah. or usually it was a guy <laughs> it was weird yeah our wrap-ups always take another half hour yeah away. okay so sorry about um, that scott is... thank you so much for sitting with us and hanging man your experience is really well, quite we vast. Didn't, we didn't even and touch on hardly any of your experiences either. I mean, just from hanging out it's with you. It's just an and overview. Like, you're one of those. When we used to have the wood kiln at MSCR, mm -hmm. and Scott and I, you know, like we'd fire and whatever, and he'd be talking, and Scott would tell a story. Every time I would see you, there'd be a new story, and it'd be great. Been around a long time, yeah. seen a lot, done a lot, and it wasn't always about pottery. Sometimes it's fishing. <laughs> yeah. But that's what makes you interesting. I yeah. mean, and especially your past with, like, the science background, and it's amazing. And What did you say once? You said, he's forgotten more than he knows, or something like that. What the heck was that? I don't know. I forgot that. <laughs> forgot what the heck. Sounds like a good one. Yeah. And I sat there thinking about that, and my God, he's right. Mm -hmm. But it took being around people, talking to them, just to bring it all back. Yeah. You know, well, that's the thing I miss about the wood kiln in that group. And that's why, yeah. like, I hope to build a kiln. And yeah. finally, when you can't afford to, like, buy bismuth anymore, you can just come out and we'll soda fire all your pots. See, there you go. New... God, I got some great soda fire yeah. recipes. We'll fire to 12 if you need to. See? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not we'll going to complain melt about the whole thing down. You know, going to not quite making it up to cone 10 and... The one thing we butted heads on is like, I wanted a fire 
<laughs> as long as I could. And yep. Scott's like, I don't want to fire this long. I'm like, you don't leave. I'll keep firing. I want to fire for 12 hours. It's not a very long wood firing. And no, for wood firing, yeah. that's a pretty quick. Scott's choice. like, get it hot. <laughs> get it done. Make sure you're doing your body reduction and then get that son of a bitch up there. Yeah. We're just trying to melt glaze for God's sakes. And yeah. Ryan, just stirring that damn thing again, getting it all over my purple glaze. What do you yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I want ash. Let's oh, keep this going. Oh, that yeah. totally makes sense because you didn't want any of that on your stuff, right? It, it made it look great. Oh, it, <laughs> no, it, it, it made it, it look really good. Yeah, that's great pots on it. <laughs> you got to stir every single stoke. Come on, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> It was good. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Why is he always yelling at me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we should put our plug for if you're enjoying this. <laughs> or if you're not, you should like us and write a review because that's going to be awesome oh, to get higher up in the ranking. Scott, don't laugh. Don't worry. The review won't hurt your sales. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, review us, recommend us to a friend. This will hopefully get us at least one sponsor so we can pay Frank, the editor, for his time. Or not. Pay him if you could get him like a purple mattress. Like if we could get purple or the microdosing people or even microdosing or even <laughs> squatty potty. I mean like ooh, any of those ooh. people door the liquor, um, the gin is uh death store. Yeah, death store. Pretty sure they're gonna if sponsor you us. wanna sponsor us, we will happily promote you. <laughs> With making amazing bees knees. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or some other cocktail concoction. I hear there's a lot you can do with gin. Oh, it's my fave. It's my fave. So, I needed to make a little more money to get my first pottery started. I think we're going to pause and remove the dog. Because mine was a little little more, a little lighter than that. Mm. Um, It had more of a touch to it. Um, More of a touch? (laughs) I shouldn't say that. Really this one looks know. more elegant. Yeah, a little more. That's a real one, though. Oh. That's a real red wing and not a... Yeah. Do you, do you ever know I... that podcasts do really well when people talk about things they're looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's exactly what people are hoping for. What's your signature on road pottery? I'll have to look There's a couple of them. It, 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 it looks like a... Uh, cross it's an top. A with a cross across the top. Okay, I've seen that. Yeah, because I've been looking. Because well, Shelly, of course you have. Because Shelly's <laughs> been looking, or Shelly's worked there, and I've been looking for a piece a with a turtle on it. Because oh. I was gonna buy one just okay. for shits and giggles. <laughs> no, they are not for sale anywhere because of how collectible oh, they are. Yeah. People oh. are holding those clothes. Oh my. <laughs> if you all heard some lapping uh, fluids, it was Ryan. Ryan was <laughs> drinking like a dog named Zipper. Um. (laughs) So there's whiskey everywhere. It's it's a mess. It's totally a mess. I was listening to some place around the world that was having um, some, another event. Oh my gosh, I'm apparently the bee's knees has fried my brain. (laughs) So we had Stanley Seamers come out and shampoo the kids' rooms. Older gentlemen white older gentleman who was very salesman-y. 
Uh, would you also like the tea tree treatment? And I'm like, well, actually, that sounds better than de the deodorizer. Let's do that. Okay, and then we also have a sealer package, <laughs> which I would highly recommend. And then we also offer a package where you have to order today, but we'll come out for three more additional shampoos. And he kept going. And I'm just like, no, I'm, it's fine. Wow. It's good. It's good. So yeah. then I pay for it. Two small rooms. It was like 260 right? A lot. And there was a spot for a tip. On <laughs> it at the bottom where i'm that. like are you serious he did not get a tip though Aww. i'm just like what is the, seriously it's not know, stanley steamer guy. paying you you were here for 30 minutes <laughs> this does not have anything to do with pottery <laughs> <laughs> i really hope it's not edited out though it's really Really important. It's a super <laughs> stirring story. <laughs> well, it's the one I like to tell my kids at bedtime to make sure they sleep really good because they usually clunk yeah. out after the, you know, couple We're talking in. about money and tipping and this poor man that's editing this. Yeah. What oh. did he get from us? Nothing. Nothing. Good stories. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we should. Put our plug for if you're enjoying this <laughs> yeah. or if you're not i think you should uh if you're enjoying like our carpet cleaning podcast <laughs> you should like us all right do you want to try to do another round of like and sponsor or like not sponsors like and and uh review oh for the yeah for the ending or yeah you want to say something one? about it? yeah no, I mean, yes, but can we so pause? Just say, no, because Frank's going to edit it out anyway. Hi, Frank. No, but I want to know what Frank Hi, wants Frankie. us to say. Did Kay do your pants? Those are pretty fun. Yeah, but then I busted through them. <sighs> I have so many. I only rip holes in my left knees. For some reason, my right knee is understated, <clears throat> and my left knee is overstated. I break in all of my, my pants, and then I break them in on the trout streams, and then they get soft in about a year. You guys, if you like what we're doing, you'd be awesome if you would please rate us, review us, and share this podcast, because this is how other people are going to find us, and we're hoping in the second season to really knock it out of the park. <laughs> Crush it. We're going to crush it like a bad pot. We are going to crush it. Oh, jeez. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. <laughs> okay, you try. No.